Welcome. Glad to, to hang out with you and to worship with you. We're going to end tonight with a worship song. We'll spend a little bit of time in God's Word right now. And, and uh, we're kind of culminating a whole series um, called Disciple. And really wrestling with this idea of what does it mean? How did Jesus disciple the disciples? Like, what did he actually try to do? And, and why did he try to change the tra- trajectory of their life and, and how he went about doing that? And so each week we've been kind of picking apart a lesson, an attribute, and an attitude of our own heart that we want to adopt, that we want to be those disciples of Jesus. We want to be people who are more and more like him. And I can't think of a better phrase than the phrase we just sang. Lord, I surrender. I, I want to know you more that if I were to write a prayer of a disciple, it would simply be that. It doesn't have to be long, it's not this long poem prayer, it doesn't have to be this you know, 10 minute lecture to God, God already knows what's on your heart and, and I, think, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. And I think the prayer of a disciple is just, God, I surrender. Your ways are better than my ways. Um, and I just want to know you more. I not just know about you, but like know you. Um, I want to know you better. And I think if I can encourage you as we kind of culminate this whole series, I mean, we spent 10 weeks here. I don't know if you knew that or not, um, but 10 weeks in the Gospel of Matthew, which we really could spend 40, um, but we'll come back and do other things. But this idea of what does it mean to be a disciple, remember we had one key phrase that we started with, uh, this old Jewish phrase that said, may the dust of your rabbi always be upon you. Meaning may the proximity of the one that you follow be so close that kind of the dust of how they live life, that they would kick it up and it would land on you and you would be so close to them. That, that was what the meaning of that phrase was, that as we follow after Jesus, our proximity would be so close that his dust would kind of rest upon us, and it, so to speak. It's metaphorical in this way of just saying that the way he thinks about things would become more and more the way we think about things, that the way he would react in a situation would become more how we would react in a situation. How he thinks about things would be how we think about it. And what he has to say would be maybe a little bit more how we say and interact and respond. Um, And I think in our culture, as a follower of Jesus, this is really, really important. And so tonight, we're going to go through uh, quite a few different things, maybe a couple of things to unpack. We'll culminate this last phrase, last few uh, sentences of Matthew in Matthew 28. So if you have your Bible, you could go there. Uh, I want to recommend a couple things to you. So um, on the app, I don't know if you knew this or not, so on the app, if you scroll down, uh, and of course I'm on airplane mode now, so that you all don't call me while I'm preaching, Mark. Okay, so um, in here, there's a couple different things to, to talk about. So sermon notes is one, and that's actually where you can go to version and find all the kind of notes we're looking at tonight. You can go back to it throughout the week type thing and find that, but there's another place called resources. And on resources tonight, I put yesterday, um, all of the takeaways from this whole series. So on one piece of paper, here's everything we looked at for this whole series. So you can say, okay, here's what we looked at week one, week two. Here's the things we're kind of saying. This is defining a disciple. Here's what a disciple looks like. So how is this doing in my life? 
and so that you can have that. So it's going to be right there. You can look at it um, and, and find that either through the sermon notes or there in the resources. But this idea of we want to lock in on some of these key takeaways for us. And tonight, I'm going to give you the takeaway right now. You ready? Here it is. Disciples are to live their lives on the go for Jesus, leveraging their lives so that others can see and hear about and come to know Jesus. Apprentices of Jesus produce other apprentices of Jesus. That's the point. That's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to circle back to that at the end, so fair warning. Um, That's kind of where we're going. We talked about this idea of we're not interning after Jesus. Interns are just people that you assign tasks to, but apprenticing means I want to become like that person. I want the dust of my rabbi to be upon me, so to speak, that the one I follow, I follow so close, I'm becoming more and more like him. That's the idea of apprenticeship, and so that's what this whole point of what it means to be a disciple, and that all this comes from Matthew chapter 28, and in that, we read some of these last words of Jesus to his disciples before he ascends back to heaven. This is post-resurrection. Here's what he says. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth, therefore, what? Go. Therefore, go. Okay, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. You're never going to be alone again, is what Jesus is saying. You're never going to be bailed out. You're never going to be abandoned again. As a disciple of Jesus, you, you have his promised presence for now and forever. And that's an amazing gift. Jesus told his disciples, go and make other disciples. Preach to them, baptize, teach what we talked about, that they might become more and more of an apprentice of Jesus, just the same way that you are. That that's what this is all about. They're showing, he's also showing that there's gonna be a gap of time between when he ascends back to heaven and when he comes back, his second coming. And we're in that gap. And some people say, well, it's a really long gap. Yeah. Okay. Jack, when is he coming back? I don't know. He didn't even know. So, I'm not going to sit here and waste my energy trying to guess. You can read about some things in Revelation. You read about signs of the end times and all that kind of stuff. And I think almost every generation can kind of say there's signs of the end times because we're kind of living in the end times. But every generation can kind of say that. So do I know? No. If I find out, I'll let you know. But I won't. Okay. So to be a disciple means you've got this gap that we're living in. And in that, you have a job. You have assignments. You have opportunities, which is what we looked at last week. You have an opportunity to participate, not just spectate, in life. You've been given some gifts and this good news of the gospel, that life with God is available through faith with Jesus. That's the gospel. And the good news of that is that is available for all people. Every people group on planet earth needs to hear the gospel. That's the hope. It's a hope for everybody. And Christians are at their best when they're telling the world about Jesus, his grace, his kindness, his beauty, while you're also showing the world who he is, by the kinds of people we're becoming. The content of our beliefs is important, but equally important is the way we express them. And friends, that is what our world needs more of.
is the way we live this out. His grace, his truth, his beauty. It is important for us to model the good news in our actions, but we're also to talk about it. It's not enough just to show it. We must speak about it. That's what Jesus is saying in Matthew 28. There's an old quote from St. Francis of Assisi uh, attributed to him, and it goes like this. Preach the gospel at all times when necessary. Use words. Some of you may have heard that before. I love that quote because I think the reality is sometimes we can, on one end of the extreme, we can have people who say they're followers of Jesus who shout a lot of things but their lives don't match. They're not apprenticing. Maybe they're an intern, and they know a lot about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. They're not actually apprenticing and trying to live life like him and being changed in the process. They live by a title, and so they shout a lot. But on the other extreme, you can have people who have a genuine faith, but never say a peep about it. In either extreme, it is not the best and most healthiest place for us to be. So this is a great quote. But the reality is we live in a world of words, don't we? How many of you spoke this week? How many of you had a conversation with someone this week? Anyone plan to have a conversation with people next week? You are surrounded by words, right? Sometimes we want to retreat and get away from words, amen? Amen. Right, and that's why it's summer we go away to a cabin and we don't talk to anybody, right? Uh, because we're like, I'm done. I'm done with words. I'm out. Um, all that kind of stuff. And, but we live in a world of words. And so it's important for us in our verbal culture to also have verbal conversations with people about Jesus. I read an article this week that I linked in your sermon notes. Uh, Jonathan Merritt uh, wrote a new book. I'm going to recommend a couple books to you. Um, and I'm in the process of reading, so I haven't finished them all yet. But he spoke about this idea it's getting harder to talk about God in our culture. Uh, Barnard Group did a research of 1,000 American adults. More than one-fifth of respondents, 200 out of the 1,000, admitted that they had not had a spiritual conversation in the past year. Six in ten said they spiritual conversations come up on rare occasions. But the real shocker is that practicing Christians who attend church regularly are not faring much better. A mere 13% have had a spiritual conversation once in a week. So 87% are probably more like the stats we were reading before. According to the survey, there's a big range of conflicts that drive Americans away from God talk or God speak. Uh, maybe you can see if these resonate with you. 28% uh, said, well, it just creates tension and arguments when you talk about God. Can you feel that? Others say uh, they're put off by how religion has been politicized. I mean, that's not true at all in our culture. <laughs> Others still report not wanting to appear religious or overly religious. Some say, I don't want to sound weird, so I don't talk about it. Some have said, I don't want to be labeled an extremist. Some people said, you know, I tried it once, and I got rejected. And so I just went back into my shell, because I'm not going to get rejected again. 
I remember being in fourth grade. This is crazy. I remember being in fourth grade and we were at school and we had this jump-a-thon, jump rope-a-thon thing. And we're out on the basketball court and my friend James was there and somehow this spiritual conversation came up. And I remember talking about how I went to church with my family and I told James about God. And a long awkward pause and he laughed in my face. And I remember that moment retreating back into my turtle shell, so to speak. And I don't think I had another spiritual conversation with someone until high school because it hurt. And I don't think I'm alone in that. The interesting thing is Jesus tells us to go tell people, to go. He doesn't tell us to convince people. Listen, that ain't your job. That's above your pay grade, all right? Our job is to share. And I think the liberation came when I finally got that. It's not my job to convert anybody. It's not my job to convince anybody. It's my job to share what's going on with me and, and what I know and, and to do that in a way that would not win an argument but actually move forward a relationship. And that's the point, isn't it? And so that's the role that we have is to say, look, I want to I be like that. A couple different books to recommend if you're into reading. Uh, Learning to Speak God from Scratch is Jonathan Merritt's uh, new book. It's where that survey comes from. Uh, Ed Stetzer wrote a book uh, recently called Christians in the Age of Outrage. Um, I don't know if you can identify with that in our culture. Uh, but that's Ed Stetzer. He writes this. He was asked the question, are you ever tempted to turn off all the noise of culture and just go meditate and kind of hide away? And you ever had that fantasy? I'm just, I'm done. I want to, I'm just, I'm done. He said this, yes, but at the end of the day, I can't retreat. The founder of my faith said to me, go and make disciples of all nations. If that's the case, then I have to listen to Jesus, not my own frustration or my desire to leave it behind. We didn't get to choose the mess of the time we live in, but it is our time. And the key question is, how do we live faithfully in it? That's the question. See, friends, if you follow Jesus, you have an assignment. You have been sent to a broken world to go and to herald an amazing invitation for folks to find real hope in Jesus and to find life with him. Not in what they search for and what they try to find and attain, but fades away. Jesus never fades. Our faith is a faith that's to be lived on the go. It's not a faith of those who sequester away or who huddle up and gather just among themselves. Our faith is a scattered faith. It has been from the moment of the resurrection. It's a scattered faith to go as followers and to live this out. Go and be. You hear us talk often about being active agents for God. That's who you are. You're an active agent for God. Get your mind around that. Get your heart behind that. You are an active agent for God as a follower of him. 
Go and be an agent of truth, an agent of love, an agent of grace, an agent of hope, an agent of positive godly influence in our world that so desperately needs people who live on the go, not who just go huddle up and live here. It's okay for us to gather. That's what Sunday night's about. But you know what? I'm not going to see you until next Sunday night. You got a job. So do I. We're scattered to go and be, to go and do with Jesus. And so I want to give you three quick things that maybe one of these you can get a handle on. Uh, as a disciple, as one who lives on the go, if, if Jesus' truth is really truth, if he really is who he says he is, and he tells to us, his followers, some of the very last words he says, now, you go, and you make disciples. Not just get fans. Jesus doesn't need more fans. He's fine. What he needs is people who are willing to follow. And so in that, as you live a person who, who's trying to apprentice after Jesus, okay, what does it mean to go? I want to give you three quick, maybe key opportunities that you can leverage as you go. One, first one is this. Have some focused friendships, intentional investment with friends or maybe family that may not share your faith yet. Yet is the key word. They may not be there yet, and that's okay. You know who loves them? Jesus does. You know who better love them? You. Does that mean you have to like everything? No. But it means you love and it means you put that into action. They are deeply loved and treasured and pursued by the grace and the hope and the love of Jesus. And sometimes he wants you to partner with him to live life on the go for them. Now, can you do that with 30 people? Probably not. So here's the moment of prayer. God, who's the one or two? Who's the one or two people in this season of my life right here, right now, Who's the one or two people that you're kind of calling me to focus on and, and just love in a way and pray for more intentionally and just try to serve as I can and as you stir up opportunities to have godly conversations, I don't even know how you're going to do that, God, but help me be willing, help me to be ready, help me be open to it and just be available. We talk about, uh, at, near the beginning of this series, we talked about the BLESS strategy. I'm going to bring it back up again. Bless is simply this idea you begin with intentional prayer. And, and then you listen. We live in a culture that likes to talk. We don't live in a culture that has very many good listeners. Be a good listener to people. Listen. Eat with them. Everybody likes to eat. And so just eat. Spend some time. Go to coffee. Hang out. Be around. Serve them in a way that you can, that the way God opens up an opportunity, just step in and serve. You don't have to get the credit, just serve because you want to bless someone. And then as God opens up an opportunity to share your story or to share his story, then, only then, do we say, okay, I'm going to use words now. I've lived by this action, preach the gospel always. But now I have an opportunity to share. And we just share the gospel. Hey, John 3, 16 is a great verse. God loves, so he gave. And if you believe, you can receive. That's the gospel, the simplest way I can say it. 
Hey, that's what, I, that's what I bought. That's what I believed in. And my life has changed. It's not perfect, and it doesn't mean that there isn't rough roads, but it, I don't travel life alone anymore. I need to share your story. Here's what Jesus means to me. Here's what it means to be his disciple, his follower. Here's how it's changing me. So have some focused friendships, whether that's family or friends, and just pray, God, who's the one or two in this season? So whether that's six months, a year, whatever that may be, maybe it's five years. God, who's, who do you want me to partner with you on? The second one is this, uh, some strategic patronage. Uh, Lee Strobel wrote a book called Case for Christ, and he talks about this strategy in there. And, and it seems like a strategy, like a plan, but it's not really that, uh, though it has some strategy behind it. It's this idea of strategic patronage, meaning make some relational investments with people in certain places that you visit on a reoccurring basis. How many of you go to the grocery store? How many of you love self-checkout? Yeah, me too. What if you just said, okay, there's one person who's like almost always here in aisle nine. I'm just gonna start going through aisle nine. The self-checkout looks really appealing because I don't have to wait at self-checkout. I have to wait in aisle nine. But you know what? Susie's in aisle nine. Jesus loves Susie. So I'm gonna get to know Susie when I go to the grocery store, aisle nine. That's my aisle. And so every time I go through, I just pray for Susie. And I ask questions, and I, I just begin to stir up a little bit of a conversation. I have no idea where it's gonna go, if it would ever go anywhere but I'm gonna to try to be intentional. That's what this idea is, that if you go to a restaurant, that you try to get the same waiter or waitress when you go there. That if you go to the gym, that you're, maybe there's a person who always works out next to you who just sweats and grunts and it's weird, but like you're like grunt guy, I know him, and I don't know his name yet, but I'm gonna to get to know grunt guy and just, I don't know, this is awkward. Um, and maybe whatever that is, but find a way to be intentional Okay, uh, my locker mate at school, they're like two lockers down and over. They're always dropping everything out of their locker when they open it. It's like, it's a mess. Okay, I'm going to get to know locker mate. Uh, and just whatever that is, that you begin to intentionalize a relational investment with people and that you try to bless them. And, and you never know where that conversation may go. So, Strategic patronage, just wherever you have a reoccurring connection. Maybe it's your mechanic. Maybe it's someone that you know. Maybe it's the gym you go to, whatever it may be. Begin to ask, God, is there someone here that you love a lot that I would love just to help them get to know that you love them a lot? So I don't know who that is, but would you help me find them? Would you point them out to me? And would you find a way for me to love them well, too? Uh, last one is this, divine conversations. Just be open to divine conversations. Learn to stay alert and aware to divinely orchestrated opportunities, those God moments, if you will. Seizing opportunities to plant a seed of God's love and hope in the life of someone. They may appear random, but let me let you know something. God is sovereign. And he is always orchestrating something specifically behind the scenes. So six months ago, uh, I'm like, you know, man, I haven't been to Lindy's in forever. Can I get an amen? 
So I'm like, oh, I gotta go down to 4th Avenue. Lindy's is calling my name. And I'll read this book that I'm studying for this sermon series, and I'll redeem it. Uh, and so, like, I'm going to go down there, and I, I eat, and it's, it's awesome, it's glorious, and the onion rings on the burger, it's just amazing. Okay, so then I walk outside, and the train, the sun train, train is stopped on the track. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Um, and then I realize there's this car that's in front of it that's stalled. And so I'm like, well, that's weird. This is like July, let me remind you, because it's hot out. So usually when you go outside, you're, like, you're looking for your car to go and turn on what? Air conditioner, right? And so then it's black car. I'm like, that's the hottest kind. I'm like, you don't want to touch that. Um, and so I, I go over, and it's this young lady who's probably 23, 24, um, lives around there, borrowed her friend's car, ran out of gas on the tracks. And the Suntran person is trying to help push, and I'm like, I really want air conditioning. I can see my car. It's right there. It looks really comfortable. Um, I'm like, okay, God. And so we push her out of the way, um, get the train going, traffic going, people stop honking. And then I ask her name, and I'm like, are you okay? Do you, need to, do you know what's wrong with your car? And she's like, I don't know. And, and then she tries to start it, and it's obviously out of gas. And so I'm like, well, good luck. No, I'm <laughs> just um, First thought was, good luck. Uh, second thought was, well, well, maybe this will be in a sermon someday. Um, <laughs> and then so I said, well, I can give you a ride to the gas station and, and just over up here if you, if you want, and that, well, we'll buy one of those tanks, get you a gallon of gas, come back and see if that helps. So she gets in the car. We go over there to Circle K and buy this thing. It's way too expensive. Should have gone somewhere else. But buy that, buy the gas for her, and, and we're driving back, and... She said, why, why, did, why are you helping me? I said, well, you know, I've got a daughter, and I just, if she was stuck down here, I would, I would hope that somebody would be nice and, and help. And she looks at me and says, I don't have many people that think that way in my life. I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it's your lucky day. Um, and then she starts telling me her story a little bit of where she works, and I'm like, oh, I can't visit that place. Um, and all these stories, and, and then we get back, we put the gas in her car, and, and everything's good, and I said, can I just pray for you? And she's like, sure. And so prayed for her, and, and said, I'm at this crazy church that's over here, and we try to do stuff like this, and do for one what you wish you could do for everyone type thing. And, and uh, if you want to come by, here's, here's a little card about it. But I just want you to know that God loves you. And I, I never eat down here. And I just happen to be here today. Like, and I know why. And so in that moment, I haven't seen her since. But conversion is not the point. Conversation is the point. And in that moment, the point is to say, God took thought of you today. You may have never even thought about it, but he took thought of you today. And I'm just one of his followers that just happened to be here today. So I hope that maybe soon you'd have more people like that in your life and that you'd come to understand that there's a God who really does love you. Have a good one. Divine conversations. Seize them 
as you can. Strategic patronage, focused friendships. All authority, heaven and earth, has been given to me. You're to go. You're not to stay. You're to go and make disciples of all nations. Be sure of this. I'm going to be with you all the way. No matter what, I'm with you. Disciples live their lives on the go, leveraging their lives so that others can see and others can hear and maybe come to know Jesus themselves. Here's the final takeaway. Bottom line, if you will, apprentices of Jesus produce other apprentices of Jesus. That's our challenge. That's our goal. And so um, as we wrap up, and we're going to go have a great time here in a few minutes. Uh, if you're brand new, uh, normally we kind of do communion here. We're not going to do that tonight. Uh, we offer a chance to kind of process maybe a little bit. We're going to close in a final song. So the band's going to come back up. I want to give you just a couple highlights. And then um, I think we're going to make this happen. I think the, hopefully the rain has kind of moved on. Uh, but Brian will kind of give us final notes on that. Uh, as they've been setting up. So, 10-minute party. If you're brand new, I met a few of you. Um, hey, welcome. Glad you're here again. Next week, we start a new series. We'd love to have you back for that. Uh, looking at a two-week series on just godly generosity. What does that look and how does that begin to change our lives? And so, if you're new, the 10-minute party is right afterwards, right back there in that orange corner. We'd love to meet you. Um, thank you for every one of you who partner with us financially and in your resource and in your time and all the ways that you give around here. That, that just is a huge help. We couldn't do what we do without that. And so uh, you can give in different ways. The boxes are online or through the app or that type deal. Um, and then lastly uh, is this idea of baptism. So if you're getting baptized tonight, I know there's a few here. We're going to be doing that in about 15, 20 minutes right outside. We'll gather for that. The food trucks and all that stuff is out there. But I want to just close us in prayer. We're going to sing this final song that's called Go. And really to try to cement for us, here's what we're about as a church. And so maybe in this song, you're just praying, God, who's the focus friendship? Or is it a strategic patronage? Or is it divine opportunities? Maybe I've missed so many of these. Um, help me be alert or aware. Whatever that prayer is, whatever you feel like God's tugging on your heart, pray for that through this song. And then we're going to have a great time celebrating tonight. And so if you're new, you picked like the best night to be here. Um, it's because we're going to have food trucks and all that kind of stuff. And, and welcome back, guys. I just, anyway, I just, anyway. Okay. Um, so just thrilled to have everyone here. So let me pray for us. We'll sing this song. And then uh, we'll be dismissed to kind of enjoy tonight together. So Father, as we wrap up this whole series on discipleship, being a disciple. We want to be people who are apprenticing after you the best way we know how in the moment that we're in. None of us are perfect at that, but God, we want to get better at it. So we want to surrender. We want to know you more. Father, we want to be changed to be more and more like you. The way that you would interact would be the way we would interact. The way you think, the way you talk would become the way we think and talk. Father, you tell us to live life on the go. There's a lot of ways to do that. We looked at three tonight. Maybe there's one of those that specifically you're kind of tugging on our hearts to say, hey, let's focus on that. So in this song, would you help us to, to just have a conversation with you? How we can go about doing that? And how we can get better at being disciples who live on the go for you? Who, who try to practice this idea of doing for one what we wish we could do for everybody? 
have spiritual insight and conversation. We don't have to have all the answers, try to convince everybody, but we need to share. And so would you help us to get better at that? Would you help us to grow as a disciple? Jesus, that's what we want.